0: Welcome to Spooky South Coast Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it doesn't
1: Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast, I guess. What's left of Spooky South Coast? See, this is the, this is why we're supposed to fix this problem with WBSM. We're supposed to be able to stream live during the show, you know, during the regular show hours, even while the Red Sox are on the radio. And we'd be going over to WBSM.com and SpookySouthCoast.com. And then when the game is over and the post-game is wrapped up, then we can, you know, join the show already in progress. But uh, we're still working on... You know, getting them to agree to that stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. It'll be a while, I think.
0: Hey, we just got the key after three years <laughs> to the studio. Well,
1: we never needed one before either, but... Uh, This is Spooky South Coast, where we normally talk about the paranormal every Saturday night from 10 o'clock to midnight, and tonight was going to be our special uh, tribute to John Keel episode. Uh, Lauren Coleman, who is a uh, colleague of Keel's and and one of the world's foremost cryptozoologists, he was going to join us to talk about John Keel, about him as a researcher, him as a Fordian, and him as a friend, Uh, but I think now with the amount of time that we have going on, I mean. Lauren just sent me an email. He says he's still up, so I mean maybe uh if we can take a break, we're still working on some some stuff there. But maybe we can get him on the phone during that time. Uh, otherwise I, I think we'll just hold it off for a future episode when we can devote a whole show to John Keel and, and, and to talking about his work. But for now we can just touch upon it briefly and, and discuss it amongst ourselves. Um Matt Moniz, you know, you've been in this game for a long time. You've been researching the paranormal for a long time, but John Keel uh, preceded your work and I'm sure that he was one of the authors that you checked out when you first started uh, getting serious about this.
0: Yes, he was definitely one of the people I first started doing uh, readings of uh, a lot of his work. I actually got a chance to meet him once years and years and years ago. Uh, Very nice guy, very well-mannered and uh, very intelligent and articulate. Uh, I wound up working all throughout the 90s with uh, one of basically it's uh you you could call him his his researcher and um uh for a lack of a better term, you know, his assistant, uh, Don Estrella. Don Estrella and I were working together on a number of different cases throughout the nineties on UFOs and stuff like that. Don was a member of um the United Nations uh Corps. Uh he worked in United Nations building and that's actually how we wound up meeting Kiel through there, became one of the people in Kiel's book of um, the Mothman prophecies. He helped him with not only the research, he was also involved in the book itself. Uh, Don, very nice guy. Uh, now, Keel, he is going to be missed. I'm pretty sure just like Holzer will be missed and Various other people. We we
1: have been experiencing a a run here of losing some of the big names in the field.
0: I I agree. Uh, First, really starting with Ed. Ed Walters. I mean, uh, sorry. Ed Warren. Ed Ed Warren, yeah. Ed Walters is somebody else. He's still alive as far as I know. Well,
1: he's gonna be upset that he said that, but no, I mean, this is what happens, though. You know, it's it's the old guard, right. and they've kind of passed the baton. Some, in some cases, you know, begrudgingly, but they've passed it on to the next wave. And the paranormal is one of the few fields that I've seen in in my life where quite often a lot of these names can be forgotten. I mean, amongst the serious researchers, sure, there'll always be the junk eels, uh, the Harry Potter. Everybody will still be, you know, important research to to those who are are truly serious about it and actually do the work. Um, but to a lot of these. Yeah. I mean, people to paranormal fans, yeah. they don't know who John Keel is, you know, right. and let's face it, there are paranormal fans, people who know Jason and Grant, John Zaffis, Keith Johnson, Carl Johnson. They know these people. Right. But they don't know those who came before them. And, you know, just as a, a baseball fan needs to know mu- as much about Ted Williams as they do David Ortiz, it's kind of the same thing with the paranormal.
0: Right. I mean, if. Your interest in the paranormal only started after recent television shows have started. You lose out on great researchers such as D. Scott Rogo. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wrote a number of different books. Even to
1: serious researchers, he's relatively unknown.
0: Right. I mean, but he wrote a a lot of good material, and a lot of it is benchmark stuff. Um, I know you and I both know a person that was one of his understudies. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, she worked with him for a number of years. And he, he was a, a well-talented writer and very deep into the UFO and uh, other paranormal and psychic ability stuff. You know, just like, you know, obviously kill was, but most people don't know. And if you get a chance out there, look him up d scott rogo
1: and 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 a friend of yours rich dolan he actually yeah. kind of got his start you know furthering the research of somebody that came before him as well uh with with keel right
0: correct don keel
1: so it's it, it's a matter of you know if we remember their work and we carry on their work we don't look at it as okay john keel did this you know lauren coleman did this Jeff Walmsley and, 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 you know, the people of the, the newer generation, people that are following, say, the Mothman case, you know, they've done that. It's not really that case. It's, it's really somebody's picking up where that person left off. Now they might take it in a completely different direction, but they're not discounting what that person did before them. Lauren Coleman, and, and I'm, I'm sorry that we can't bring him on tonight. I don't want to make him come on for only ten minutes because it's it's not fair to Lauren. I know that we'd be shortchanging his memories of of John Keel as right. a, as a friend and as a colleague. Well, maybe we can
0: do a memorial show to all those that. that well, have
1: we'll passed. certainly be doing one uh, on Keel in the coming weeks because a, a lot of people don't know who he is, and we want to educate people about that. But you know, that's a good idea. Maybe there is a night where we just take a, a kind of par- a paranormal memorial day. Yeah. And and we can actually discuss the works of some of these people. Um but with you know, the way that Lauren approaches things, especially in relation to the Mothman, it differs from what Keel believed, you right. know, in later years in his life. So it, you don't have to agree with that with that research to be able to carry it on. You just can't discount it. I mean, how many times have I sat here and said, I don't agree with, you know, Hans Holzer's approach of bringing a, a trans medium with you on an investigation? I mean, all right, I understand bringing them with you. I'm just saying, you know, he said, leave your equipment at home, just bring your trans medium. And I don't agree with that. You know, I think if you want to have a medium, that's fine, but, you know, it's just another tool in the toolbox type of thing.
0: Well, I'm with you on that particular, you know, thing. Yeah, the more pieces that you have to collect data the better your results are going to be in my opinion other people may look as you know information overload and you're losing the whole message you know it's all on in your independent viewpoint
1: but uh you know keel uh he was 79 he was the author of of course the mothman prophecies that's the the book that is probably best known to the mainstream public uh, he died Friday of conge- congestive heart failure and I guess uh, diabetes-related complications at a Manhattan hospital, according to his friend Larry Ratso Sloman. Uh, the Mothman Prophecies, of course, was loosely based uh, and adapted into a movie, i sorry, was loosely adapted into a movie in 2002 starring Richard Gere. Uh, Keel was born Alva John Keel, uh, spelled differently. He was best known for his writings about unidentified flying objects and the paranormal. His 1970 book, UFOs, Operation Trojan Horse, he linked UFO reports to mysterious phenomena over the centuries. And the Mothman prophecies, of course, was Keel's account of his 1966-67 to investigation into sightings in West Virginia of a strange winged creature called the Mothman. And, uh, you know, he, he started getting into... Uh, Into UFO investigation because he was influenced by those who came before him. Donald
0: Kehoe, to be precise.
1: He's one of them. Charles Fort, Fort, Ivan Sanderson. You know, and and again, Ivan Sanderson, one of those people, if you talk to Lauren, definitely one of the forerunners of of what he's doing today. And, uh, you know, he started investigating different UFO cases uh, and that led him to this West Virginia Mothman case for which he became uh, most famous. But, uh, in the book, Our Haunted Planet, he coined the term ultra-terrestrials to describe UFO occupants. Uh, he, he didn't think that they were alien visitors coming to Earth at all, but an advanced Earth civilization, which may or may not be human. And a lot of people in his later years would refer to his work not as, uh, ufology, but more as demonology. Because even though he didn't use that word necessarily, he was putting forth the notion that ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, Mothman, they're all kind of coming from the same family of these demonic-type creatures. And I know, Matt Moniz, that you've dealt with pretty much everything that I just named over the course (laughs) of your career. What's your opinion? Do you think that the same Bigfoot-type creature that you've been looking for for all these years is connected to the demonic entities that you've gone up against?
0: My personal opinion is no. Uh, But then again... There's still so much data that needs to be gathered i can get I can get casts of footprints. I can take pieces of hair and analyze you know the remains of digested materials and stuff like that, which shows me that this is something in terms of a physical being, but there's also plenty of reports from people that talk about a supernatural connection with these things, either via some people it's telepathy, other people saying these things you know, appear and disappear, and in like invisibility. And in some cases, you know, they're seen entering and exiting UFOs. In one particular case, by state troopers that fired shots. Now, remember, state troopers, if they're drawing a gun and pulling the trigger, they're doing so for a reason, because there's a hell of a lot of paperwork that's going yeah, to go along some, with that. Either you
1: know. something's going on, or Matt Moniz was pulled over for speeding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the... The thing, all the things that you mentioned, though, we see areas like the Bridgewater Triangle, right? Uh, the Bermuda Triangle, you know, the different uh, paranormal vortexes that are around the world. You often have these cross reportings of these different phenomena.
0: Dragon Triangle out in Asia, yeah.
1: So it's understandable, you know, where where Keel's hypothesis came from in that regard, and a lot of researchers don't agree with that. Uh, you know, it. Like you said, there's still a lot that needs to be uh, discovered before we can start connecting all the dots. But the fact is, you know, wherever the membrane thins, anything can get through.
0: Well, you can make – I see where he's going. I I understand where where he got his idea from. I mean, you can make the same argument with, like I said, UFOs or ghosts and stuff like that. You're dealing with stuff that is beyond – what we normally deal with, and once you're dealing with that, and you don't have all the answers, any type of supposition you make is just as valid as somebody else's because you don't have all those pieces.
1: Now, John Keel was sick for a long time, uh, and and Lauren always gave us updates on cryptomundo.com, which, if it's not, you know, your default homepage. <laughs> when you log on to the internet, it should definitely be in your regular rotation of websites that you visit because there's always great new content every day on Cryptomundo.com. But, uh, Lauren had been following Keel's health problems and, and had been, and he's got a great story up now that I highly recommend everybody checks out where he talks to, uh, the gentleman who shared a room with Keel in a, in a rehabilitation center a few years ago. So check that out and, and find out a little bit more about the man, about, you know, who he was as a person beyond just being a researcher. And we'll definitely revisit the topic coming up in a future episode. But, you know, you hear like on, you know, Howard Stern and these other radio shows, they have the the celebrity death watch. You know, where they start talking about which celebrity they think is going to be the next one to kick the bucket. And I think that's a little bit disrespectful. But I will say, you know, who are some of the researchers that people need to, kind of pay attention to now before they're gone. You look at somebody like Lorraine Warren, who is, you know, she's up, in her up, she's yeah, up there 50. in age and, and and still active, still active as an investigator. And this is somebody who, if you have the chance to get out, see her giving a lecture, investigate with her at some sort of event, try and get out there and do it now while you can, you know, because, you know, God willing, she's with us for a long time, but she may not be active in the field much longer. Uh, and the same goes for a lot of you know that generation of investigators, as we saw with Dr. Holzer passing away a few months ago, right, and you know embrace these people while you can while you can learn from them, and don't just you know Brad fish tiger
0: in... uh, he... yeah. He's getting up there in age, but he's still prolific and stuff yeah. like that. I
1: say, don't start fishing around no. and be like, you know, uh hey, uh, hey, Lauren, you're getting up there, you know. But <laughs> I mean? you also don't have to just look to people who are uh, of the same age and of the same true you generation. Like of, I of said, D.
0: Scott Rogo, he he was in his late thirties, early forties, and he was shot to death. Mm-hmm. So uh he was murdered, basically. But-
1: you know, pay attention. Find out who it was that did the work before you and learn from them. Even if you, you know, want to take what they did and tear it apart with backed up evidence and data, of course, but it, just learn about it. I, I can't stress enough how important it is for people to immerse themselves in the history of the paranormal before they, and that's coming from me, a guy who kind of jumped in with it with his knowledge of what he's seen on TV and read in Time, Life, <laughs> Mysteries, of the Unknown. You know, I, I didn't have a real serious basis in the history of it, but that's what I've been drawn to again and again over the last four, four or five years is learning more about, you know, what actually happened, how it came about, why we believe the things that we believe today. It's it, one thing to just believe in it. It's another thing to show why civilization believes in it.
0: You've been very lucky the past four years because some of the best in the world that – you know, deal with these things have been our guests and you've had regular contact with them in terms of emails on the phone we are privileged yes. in that regard you we are extremely and, and very
1: humbled by it too yes and of course we've been hearing from everybody uh over the past few days because we finally updated all the archives <laughs> on spooky south coast.com we have them out to the uh to the podcast feed which means you were getting them off itunes off Zoom. Off any other place that you got podcasts. But Matt Costa was telling me earlier, he now has them all up to date on the website as well. So if you go to SpookySouthCoast.com, you can stream them right there. You can download them. I mean, we're talking, what, over 20 hours, Matt, that we posted just in the last few days alone?
0: Oh, yeah. It's almost, uh, I think it's somewhere around 21, 22. So.
1: And that's just over the last few days. There was still all like right. four or five episodes we put up before that even. We had a good, good day's worth of uh, shows. Yeah, and, and if you're, uh, if you're somebody who, you know, needs your spooky fix, as most of the emails say, you know, they say, oh, we're a spooky South Coast, I need my spooky fix. You know, now you might overdose. So, and speaking of overdose, that's kind of a, a non-appropriate segue. But the other big topic of this week was the, uh, the Michael Jackson ghost. That was spotted at Neverland from the Larry King Live program. Matt Kossi, you first pointed this out to me. What were your thoughts uh, when you first heard about this? You you had actually heard about it on the internet. Is that where you yeah, found out?
0: Yeah, I, I um, I found it on the internet, and um, I it, you could kind of tell right away that it was
1: either I I thought it was somebody walking by a window or something like that. But but also, you're a trained skeptical eye with frequent yeah, review of but, paranormal evidence. Yeah, I could see how uh. People would just kind of see that and. Real yeah. quickly, it does look like yeah. something transparent oh, yeah. walks across the shot. But, uh, if you watch the Larry King producer explaining how it was shot and what was going on, and, and, you know, you take into account the fact that there was thousands of people converging upon Neverland, uh, during that time period, and then they sh- slow it down and they show it and you can actually see the shadow moving on the far wall. So, I mean, for a few days, it was, it was speculation. For a few days, it was, you know, something for his fans to hold on to. Uh, I mean, st- to me, he's still speaking in death about, you know, his belief in the paranormal because I keep finding songs that I didn't know existed that have paranormal connections, such as the one that I found earlier today. So it's definitely a common theme throughout his work and we can understand why people, uh, are, are waiting for that. Moment, it's almost like, hey, if some celebrity is going to come back in ghostly form, it would be Michael
0: Jackson. Well, Michael Jackson actually was a big, uh, uh, shall we say, devotee of the paranormal, believe it or not.
1: Even though he would deny it, you yeah. know, publicly because people of his within because of his religion.
0: Well, it's not not so much his religion. Uh, he was he was definitely big into UFOs. Now I know this personally but, from other people that have. Uh, had dealings with him that are well known researchers and stuff like that, he made it a point to contact certain people to get information,
1: but he always made sure uh, at least publicly don't... that he would put disclaimers on his right. videos and right. yeah because you know being of the jehovah's witness faith, he had to keep careful about what uh, what he openly believed in and, and there was also the the rumors going around that he was going to convert uh, to Islam before his death, he was going to become a Muslim. Uh, so if that was the case, then, you know, maybe he would have been a little bit more open with it after that, and we'll, we'll never know now, but, so what do we have, four and a half minutes of commercials, Matt? Uh, just about. So we're looking at, uh, you know, maybe we should probably just go now.
0: (laughs) Sure, wrap it up.
1: Yeah, but why why don't we just wrap it up? We'll be back next week. What's next week's date? The 18th? Oh, that's the day we were going to do the Bridgewater Triangle investigation. We should start getting that together. Uh but we
0: Uh we've got a ranger that's giving us permission to get into uh the swamp. Ah, uh, excellent. Beautiful. So Andy and I will be out there.
1: Beautiful. So we will uh we'll be back next week at ten o'clock for our Bridgewater Triangle investigation show in some form or fashion. If even if Matt and Andy are the only team that we get out there in the field, we'll get them out there. We'll get them uh Full of mud and mosquito bites while Matt Costa and I stay back here in the studio. And then, of course, catch up with everything, SpookySouthCoast.com. I'm going to edit this right now and upload it before we even get home because, you know, a 22-minute show is pretty quick to upload. So, all right, we'll we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, until then, from Matt Moniz, from Matt Costa, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular. supernatural as something that isn't supposed to happen.